Finding your life's definite aim. A lot of an aimless life is a living death, and many times we go throughout life without a very clear purpose or direction. We're wondering, like, why am I here? What am I to do? And、uh, Proverbs says, "Without a vision, the people perish." So, what is our what is our vision? Why has God put us here, of all places, in this time?、Um, and we're going to be looking at some questions that could cause us to really search and to dig. To better understand, to have more clarity among the confusion of life, to have more direction from God, to have more understanding of where the Lord is leading you, and through this process, we have taken many of our students to having much clarity and direction and purpose and meaning, and、um, in the direction that God is leading them. And I hope that this will be the same for you. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Enoch Leffingwell, and here at the Army of Youth, we are passionate about helping young people. Identify their unique talents and to dedicate them to Christ's service. If this is something that interests you, then I encourage you to subscribe and follow us on social media so you get more messages just like this one. We are at war with young people living aimless lives, and we envision a world where never again must a young person live an aimless life, where all young people understand their true purpose and lead meaningful lives in the Lord's service. So this is、uh, what we're going to be looking at today. And in this process, what what we are going over is、um, first of all we have this、uh, we have this account book. This is Live Your Calling Daily Account Book. And in this account book, we have towards the beginning pages we have a page that is called Your Life's Definite Aim. And this is a worksheet that we give to our students and those who、um, order an account book. They have these questions. So we're going over this process for those who have the account book.、Um, and if you want to grab a copy of the account book, you can just go to thearmyofyouth.com/forward/slash/accountbook, and you can order yours today. So the first question to ask、um, on here is is、um, and these are questions that are that are for you to answer. And、um, the question is. Imagine that God gave you the ability to achieve any goal that you could ever set for yourself. What do you really want to be? What do you really want to have? What do you really want to do with your life? And we could see Ephesians chapter three and verse twenty. Let's see Ephesians three and verse twenty. Can I get a volunteer to read this one for us? Thank you, Margrethe. Ephesians three verse twenty. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Amen. So I like this verse because it's really showing that that God is willing and able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. That means if you can think it, God's willing to do more than that. That if you imagine it in your minds, then it is—it's possible,、um, as as it's in harmony with the principles in God's word. So imagine if you could—if you had the ability to achieve any goal, what would you really want to do? What would you really want to be? I know、um, in my experience, when I went through this process,、um, I was—I was not doing exactly what I wanted to be doing ultimately. And as I went through this, I began to realize I want to record videos. I want to publish 
so that I could reach more people and help them in a way that I've been greatly blessed and benefited. I would like to have, uh, I would like to have a, a recording studio. It's been a dream of mine for probably like five, seven, eight years. Actually, the first recording studio I created, I was probably uh, 17 in my mom's living room, which happened to be my bedroom. And I, I put a, I used my camera as a recording um, behind the couch, and I had a white ball. I had a whiteboard on one side of the the uh, the living room, and I just spoke into the camera on my phone. I had a teleprompter above the the um, the couch, and that was that was probably like eight nine years ago uh, today. So that uh, that was probably the the first time that uh, I wanted to have a recording. Now we have a studio, which is. Uh, just this whole room is just dedicated recording and, and it's a blessing, but it used to be just an imagination. It just used to be a goal. Um, and, but I, I'm grateful because now it's so much easier to record and to be able to share with people and do these virtual events. So, um, but what is it that, that you would want in life? What is it that you, that inspires you, that encourages you? Um, that is something that you to to write down and to answer and just really this is a prayerful process as you go through these questions know that these questions are um think of these questions as prayers because jesus says you have not because what you ask not so by asking these questions this is the first step of being clear on this these these uh these become prayerless i've been praying for a recording studio for years um and but if I was not praying, we would not be where we are today. Um, so this is, this is where our life's definite aim begins. So the second question, the second question is, what are the activities that give you your greatest sense of meaning and purpose in life? What have you done? What are the activities that you enjoy the most, that you're passionate about, that give you the greatest sense of meaning and purpose? What are those things that you do? Um, and we could read Psalms 37, verse 4. Can I get a volunteer for this? Psalms 37, verse 4. You read it. Uh, Shanicia, would you like to read for us? Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires. Yes, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So what we see here is that part of finding your life's definite aim, part of finding your purpose in life, is is examining what are the desires of your heart because god is here saying that he actually wants god wants to give you the sanctified the desires of your sanctified heart the the desires is another name for want want what do you want to do what do you what do you enjoy doing what lights you up what gives you strength and joy and peace and fulfillment when i went through this process i asked this question I'm like you know what I remember I was um I was working in um I had a friend who owned a business it was a model T company and and he offered me employment when I was 17 and I was praying to God I'm like what am I going to do with my life and and I was working over there and all we did is we took these plastic pieces of toy trains 
we twisted, we broke off the plastic, put them in two separate buckets and grabbed another one, twisted, two buckets. And we just did that the entire time. And I was like, whoa, this is like mind numbing and dull and boring. I'm like, this is intense. And then to make matters worse, the lady who sat across from me on the desk, her name was Peggy. She has been there for 40 years doing this. And even just being across the table from her was making me feel anxious. I'm like, oh man, I can't imagine doing this for 40 years. And I was, I was like, I can't handle this. I got to get out. And I'm like, production is not for me. This is not something I enjoy at all. I cannot do this. And um, I'm like, I'm sorry. I appreciate the job, but I quit. And I probably lasted like two weeks over there. Um, and I realized like that was not something that brought me a lot of like fulfillment or meaning or joy. That's not something I desire. Um, so I'm like walking home from school. I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? And I think through the, just all the things that I could do. I'm like, I always thought I wanted to be a math teacher because I like teaching. Um, but I uh, and I liked math. But then I was like, eh, then I got to like go to school for another six years to be get a master's degree in college. I'm like, that is not for me. Like, I'm I'm done with school. I don't want to I don't want to do that. I'm like, that would be rough. And then I like since a child, I thought I was going to be a video game designer, a video game graphic uh, person or a beta tester or something. And I'm like, you know, I have no desire to be involved in video games at all. And then when I studied what video game design is like, I'm not even a designer. Graphical things is not my interest or passion at all. So I'm like, ah, I can't do that. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And then it, it dawned on me. I would be miserable doing anything other than sharing with others what God has shared with me. That was the day I found my purpose in life. I knew I wanted to work for God. I didn't know how that would happen. I didn't understand what exactly that would look like, but I knew I wanted to work for God. And in this process, as you're finding your life's definite aim, all we're doing is we're getting clear on the aim because fuzzy targets don't get hit. And the more clear you can get on what you're aiming for in life, then the more likely you can get there. We, we take care of the little how, but God takes care of the big how. I didn't know that I, I'd be here in Idaho with the recording studio among these great people that I get to work with every day and laboring in, in the army of youth. I didn't understand that when I was 17 years old. I just knew I wanted to work for God. So what are the things that give you the greatest passion and purpose and meaning in life? For me... I realized that I like teaching. I like sharing. Contribution matters so much to me. I like learning. I like growing. And, um, and these are the things that, and, and I realized that I have experienced no greater joy than sharing with others what God has shared with me. Just seeing someone like transform as a result of, of simple principles in the word of God, that is like, wow. And their life gets better because of what God's doing in their lives. There's no greater joy. That's what gives me purpose and meaning. And I'm like, okay, I want to do more of that. And you can share with people in a variety of different ways. It might be cooking. It might be graphics. It might be medical missionary work. It might be uh, preaching. It might be um, teaching children. It might be, um, it could be a variety of different things of how you serve others. Uh, but what does that look like for you? What are the activities that give you your greatest sense of meaning and purpose in life. God wants to give you the desires of your sanctified heart, Psalms 37, four. Hopefully this clarifies and opens possibilities, but write these down. This is an activity that has to be done on pages. When you write this down, whether it's digital or physical pages, 
Uh, this will give you a lot of clarity in life. So the third question is look at your personal and work life today and identify how your own thinking has um, influenced or created this your world. Where, um, and this is Proverbs 23, 7. We'll, we'll look at that. Um, what should you could or could you change? So it's basically looking at your life in work, your activities, your personal life, your work life. Notice how your, your thinking has greatly influenced where you're at right now. Proverbs 23, 7. Can I get another volunteer to read this? Go ahead, Tina. Okay, so it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. So what does that mean to you, Tina? Well, to me, it means like um, we are limited to our own thoughts. Like as we think in our hearts, that's the way, like everything that we have in our life is a result of the way we think in our, in our hearts. It's true. And exactly. So what we like our whole life work, our life um, experience is going to be the culmination of what we continually focused on. What has been the focus of our thoughts continuously? That is what our life work is going to be. It's all about our thoughts. And the more that we think on things, thoughts become actions. Actions form habits. Habits form character. And character determines our destiny and our destination. So that's our destination in life with our family, with our education, with our, our health, our, um, our, spiritual, our spiritual life. It's, it's our destination is determined by what we continually focus on. Uh, Mom, I saw you're unmuted. Did you want to say something? Uh, I was just going to say at the end of that, that verse that says, eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. And I was just thinking that, you know, sometimes we, we try to forge, force ourselves to do something and our heart's not there. And, um, and, you know, unless the heart's with it, it's hard to get anything accomplished and to be happy also. Yeah, God, God wants us. Yeah, God wants us to be present in the things. Um, have you like for me when I was like twisting off those plastic pieces, sticking them in buckets when I was doing that assembly stuff with toy trains? Um, my heart was not in that. I was I was physically there, but I was mentally absent. And I'm like, this is. Like, I, I couldn't imagine doing that continually, um, for sure. But the, uh, uh, but, but see too, like, who are the people? You're going to be an average of the top five voices that you hear the most. Um, so who are the voices that you spend the most time listening to? And that includes uh, podcasts you listen to, audiobooks you listen to. That includes events like this that you're attending live or that you're watching the replays hereafter. It's like right now you're hearing a voice, at, you're hearing my voice in the voice of God, in, in the words of God that I'm sharing. Um, and like you're going to be an average of the top five voices you hear that you spend the most time with. So like I, I had to look at two. Um, Romans says that faith comes by hearing and by hearing by the word of God. And when we realize that all, belief, all behaviors are belief driven, 
and belief comes by hearing words, um, then, then it's like, whose words are we going to be listening to? And you will find that there are um, different people have different beliefs and they communicate their beliefs through their words because um, the, the, out of the abundance of the heart or the mind, the beliefs, the mouth speaks. And so um, our lives is really a culmination of the beliefs and the words that we have heard and the people we surround ourselves with. So just consider what, um, consider how has your thoughts, the conversations, the words influenced where you are right now and the things that you like and the things that you don't like uh, about life right now. So we're looking at, um, we're looking at finding our life's definite aim. Welcome brother Joey. I'm glad you're able to join us. Praise the Lord. Um, the, 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 fourth, the fourth question, this fourth question is very eye-opening, and it, it's okay to take some time on this one as well. It says, um, the fourth one says, imagine your life could be perfect in all seven areas of your life. What would that look like for you? Can I get a volunteer to read Matthew um, Matthew 5:48. I, I could if you want. Thank you. And I would like to hear from people what are what are the the seven areas of life? But go ahead, Mom. It says, be therefore perfect even as your father which is in heaven is perfect. So God wants us to have an abundant life in all areas of our life. Um, John, John, uh, 10, 10, I came that you might have life and might have life more abundantly. So what, what are the seven areas of life? Who, who can share, share one of them? Relationships. Um, okay. Social, social. What Do you would want be... me to keep going? Um, Tina, what would you, uh, what's another area of life? Uh, physical. Physical. Yes. So think, what would your life Call look like if it was, um, it was perfect physically? What, what would that look like with your health, eight laws of health with, with your, maybe it's your body weight. Maybe it's your your health, your disease or lack thereof, what would, what would that look like? What other area of life is there? Mentally and, um, or like intellectually. So Sherry said family and, um, and Tina was saying mentally. So in, intellectually, yes. So these are your thoughts and your feelings. Financially. Yes, financially. Um, Kathy, Kathy Sharon, financially. Financially. And then Sherry says, spiritually. There's one more. Learning. That's mental. Okay. So yes, that includes. You got calling and social. Nope. Calling. Calling's the last one. So this is your calling. We're talking about how to live your calling. What are you called to do in life? And um, well, so these are the different areas. Think about it. So when it comes to, these are great. Good, good job, everybody. 
Um, so think think about physically. What would that look like physically if you um, if this was perfect in every area? Like for me, I I have my definite aim physically is that I want to be able to climb mountains and keep up with 20 year olds when I'm 70 years old. I don't want my physical life to degenerate over um, and just get weak and weak and weak. I want to be able to move. I know there's people like Holga. Um, I forget her name, but she started exercising when she was 65 years old. And at age 80, she climbed Mount Fiji, which is one of the tallest mountains in the world. So um, she she was uh, a health reformer. And uh, there's books been written about it, documentaries. So there's, there's a lot of people that in older age, they're able to be physically fit. And a lot of it has to do with, like, are you able to, like, what is your life vision in in your physical life and then um mentally what what is this like learning or education or what would it look like if it was perfect in every way would you take time to have new learnings in your life would you take time to to learn or to attend seminars or attend events that are going to help you maybe it's a, a a marriage a marriage seminar or a family camp or maybe it is a um it's something that that will that will provide um provide greater understanding about how you could how you could live your calling or maybe it's something about your business or what you do or some sort of learning or training or or um just something mentally or emotionally like how would you like your life to be emotionally what is a standard if it was perfect in every way would you have greater joy greater peace greater fulfillment would you would you um live continually in a state of of appreciation would your would gratitude be the very first response when you have an unmet expectation or whatever the case is? What would this look like if it was perfect? If your life was perfect mentally, um, and that and and you want to write this down, write it down on some pages, write the vision, make it plain upon tables, as Habakkuk two four says. Um, and then, what would your life look like if it was perfect spiritually? What's um, like how often how often would you would you like to pray or how often would you like to study the word of god what would that what would that look like and um what would you how much of god's word would you like to memorize what would you like to engage in in evangelism or would you want to engage in evangelism would you want to develop those skills socially for instance so that cuz it's through the social relations that the gospel is carried to the world so all evangelism is really like under social um, and it's like, what would it look like if it was perfect in every way? Would you, um, like, I remember for me, one of the, the things that I realized that I was imperfect and struggling with is I really struggled with talking to new people. I was so uncomfortable. I was so afraid of saying the wrong thing. I was afraid of not knowing what to say and talking to strangers freaked me out entirely. And I was just, people is not something that I understood and I associated people with pain and I didn't want to because I got bullied a lot when I was a kid. So uh, talking to people was just like, like I knew that evangelism is something like I want to share with others what God has shared with me. Like that's why I shared my meaning, my purpose. That's like my personal mission statement is I am here. I'm on a mission to share with others what God has shared with me. That's my definite aim. And everything I do in life fits under there. And if I'm doing things that is not fitting under there or it's out of harmony with my mission, that's where suffering and that's where pain starts coming in. Um, 
when I'm not in harmony with who I believe God has called me to be. And likewise, as you're finding your definite aim, then this is a definite aim where every step you take is getting a little bit closer there. It's not to expect to be there immediately, but it's to, to get there eventually. So be thinking about uh, what would your life look like if it was perfect in each of these uh, places or e each of these areas. And you could see, um, I just realized there, there's a handful of Bible verses with these, but we're not going to go over them right now. Um, that would probably take the whole time. So this is going to take some time, and you want to be thinking about that. And um, yeah, so the fifth question, fifth question is, um, what do you think and talk about the most of the time? Um, what 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 do you um, what do you or what what do you or what you don't? Okay, what do you want or what do you not want? Um, let's go to Matthew 12, 34 through 35. Matthew 12, 34 through 35. Can I get a volunteer to read this for us? I will if you want. Thank you. You don't have to wait for me to call on you. You could just, um, if you've got it, you can unmute and you could read. Because I, I often have my back on the board, so you could just read it. Um, okay. Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasures bringeth forth evil things. So what was that it? Yes, that's it. Now I want to ask you, how do you see that this is able to help you to better clarify um, your life's definite aim? Are you asking me? Yes. Oh, um, I think that um you're when when you're trying to make when you're trying to think about where you're gonna go in life that you should you, you should keep your mind on on good things and on um, and not mix it up with with the past because you have it's like a whole slate clean slate that you have to go forward and on um, if if you muddy it up with things of the past and what you can't do and what you tried before or whatever it it'll block your your ability to to see the you know what's available out there to do. That's what I think might be wrong. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Um, so for an example, like the way that I answered this is uh, we asked this question because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we're, we're trying to understand, like, who are you? Who has God created you to be? And what is the definite aim that God has given you in this world? And so when you ask, like, what are the things that you talk about the most? It helps you to see, like, what are the things? It's usually things you're passionate about. It's usually things that you get excited about. So when I started to write down what are the things that I talk about the most that I enjoy the most, and I began to realize, well, I really enjoy 
the Bible. The Bible is something I talk a lot about. And then I enjoy evangelism. I'm like, okay. I enjoy entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is something that I have loved since I was like 10 years old, going door to door selling candy bars or selling gum in middle school or, or um, just whatever, whatever it is. I enjoy entrepreneurship. That's something I'm passionate about. Self-supporting ministry. Um, I enjoy um, I enjoy modern publishing. I enjoy uh, being able to spread the gospel online through one-to-many approach, through efficient um, ways that, that could reach, reach more people. And so I enjoy some of these things. I enjoy working with young people. I enjoy talking to youth, counseling youth, helping youth who, before they find who they're going to marry, before they find what they're going to do for work, before they find where they're going to go to school and get educated, I enjoy that these are areas that I talk about more so than others. And I realize, like in a by kind of mapping out the things that uh, by by listing out the things that I talk about the most, you could start to get hints, clues, if you will, to your life step at a name to see what are the things that you can do that are um, that you could that you could do and never get tired of. And, um, and these, are, these are questions that will help to clarify more and more of where can you contribute? Where can you make a difference in people's lives? And you could see that several of those things is what, is what led to um, founding the Army of Youth and really going all in on that, where for many years, the Army of Youth was just like an idea on the back burner. I was doing something else. But then when I began to really clarify and go through them, like, like, who am I and what do I stand for and what do I not stand for? What do I enjoy? And I'm like, you know, what I'm doing now, what I have been doing is not is not really much in alignment with what I enjoy the most. The, the desires of my heart that give me the great, greatest fulfillment and joy. And I realized talking to youth, helping them to learn skills of entrepreneurship to start thinking through the scriptures how to apply these principles to evangelism I'm like i really like doing that so um the army of youth was was started uh, <clears throat> so that this is something that could give you greater clarity is what what do you do you think and talk about most of the time because uh, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and then the second question i mean the sixth sixth question is um what is the price that you'll have to pay to achieve the goals that are most important to you? What is the price that you'll have to pay to achieve the goals that's most important to you? And we could read uh, Luke 14, 28. Luke 14, 28. This is, let's read the words of Jesus. He talked about this. Um, there is a price to pay to experience the things that we want in life. There's always a price to pay. Luke 14, 28. Who could read this for us? Thank you, Margaretha. For which, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Amen. So, Margaretha, what does that verse mean to you? Uh, not to start projects before you've thought uh, thought it through and you have all the uh, uh, supplies that you'll need. Yeah. Amen. And that's that, that principle 
of counting the costs, of looking at what is the price it's going to take in order to, to see this to fruition. I would say that the principle here is like many of us are most likely not building a watchtower um, in our backyards anytime soon. But what Jesus is showing here, it's actually in the context of if you're going to follow me, let him take up his cross and follow me. That cross is a cost. It is a price that we're going to have to pay. See, the gospel is free, but it's going to cost you everything. And Jesus is looking for our entire heart, our entire thoughts, our everything. And so when you're creating these goals, when and, um, and goal setting is something that a lot of, a lot of times like uh, Christians struggle with. We're like, I don't know if I should be setting goals or should I really be? Is it selfish to have goals or is it wrong for me to have a goal? Am I cutting God out of this? It's like not at all. God wants you to have a vision. Otherwise, you'll perish. God wants you to ask for things that you desire. Because when you look at what a goal is, a goal is simply a desired outcome in the future. There's some sort of fruit. There's a result. There's an outcome that you want in the future. And that's what, that, it's a desire. That's what every goal is. Um, and in like manner, when you look at prayer, I believe goal setting and prayer are the same thing. That every prayer that we're asking for is a goal that we're that we're seek that we want. It's a desired outcome. Lord, give me cheerfulness. That's a goal. The goal is to be cheerful. Lord, help me to have consistent daily devotions. That's a goal. It's an outcome. It's what you want. So all prayer is making known our desires, the desired outcomes, to God and saying, Lord, this is what I'm asking for. This is what I want. What I need. And this is that that process. Goal setting and prayer are not two different things. They're one. And that's why we, in order to know what to ask for, we have to go through a process similar to this, this life's definite aim worksheet that we're talking about. And it all starts with having a vision because will you ask for something that you never realize that you want or need? No way. So the first step is getting clarity. The first step is understanding because resources are attracted to clarity um, and and uh, when we ask, um, Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. But when we ask, we're asking for things that are in harmony with the word of God. Ask for things that God has promised. And we could, um, we could see greater things here. So what is the, the question is, what is the price that you will have to pay in order to achieve the goals that are most important to you? So for instance, like I realize that in my calling and the things that I enjoy, um, I'm going to have to have a, um, at the time, like when I went through this, I went through this in October, 2019, I've gone through a process like this similar. I did October, 2018 and I did it in, um, September, 2020. Um, and I go through this, this life's definite aim worksheet several times. Every time I've done it, it's been immensely clarifying, but I remember in October, 2019, I was working, uh, I was filling in with a school for a friend of mine. And uh, and I was I was leading out in in and uh, in, in helping him out with that and and it was it was a good experience. I was helping the brother out, but I realized it's not ultimately what I want to be doing. I was really tied down with the responsibilities with uh, with where I was, but I wanted to have a studio. I wanted to record. I wanted to do what I'm doing here. But I knew that in order to have a studio, in order to record at the degree that I'd like to, I'm gonna have to get a different house. I'm going to have to move out. I'm going to have to go somewhere else. 
and I'm going to have to um, start the army of youth so that we can operate um, where we're at. I mean, operate on our own on our own facilities. So we ended up renting this house, this building, um, and we we didn't go very far from where we were, but we I realized that that price is going to come at a cost. And as I'm looking for rentals, we're looking for a place that has to have a room for the studio. One of the most important things is that it has to have a studio. There's there's several nice um, buildings, houses that we saw that we were not we did not accept because it didn't have a recording studio, um, or it wasn't large enough for a recording studio. So um, that was something that 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 was a cost that we had to pay, um, and counting that cost before even making that decision is is different and it's that we're willing to pay because a lot of times we look at what we desire we look at what's not what's missing in our life and what we don't have and we're not willing to pay the price of what it will take to actually get there and it might mean that you'll have to move it might mean you have to quit your job it might mean that you'll have to change your job so you can do a job that doesn't tax you so much spiritually or that it doesn't take you away from your family it might mean that you have to make changes in your life um, or maybe move locations from the city you're in to come to a different state so you could serve the Lord to the degree that you believe God is calling you to do. There's going to there's gonna be a price that you're going to pay to live the life that God has called you to live. Um, and that is the cross of a Christian. It's going to be your discomfort zone. It's going to be uncomfortable. Um, but that the edge of our comfort zone is the cross of the Christian that he's given us to, to uh, carry for him. Are there any questions uh, up to this point? I just want to say it is so well worth it. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Thank you. Any others? Questions, comments? Okay, let's uh, let's keep going. Um, the next question, question seven, is, and this really got me thinking. This really got got my gears moving, and I was. Um, it says, "How would you write your own obituary to be read to your friends and family at your funeral, exactly as you would like it to like to be remembered?" We can go to. Um, Ecclesiastes 9.10. Ecclesiastes 9.10. is the obituary question. Can I get a volunteer to read Ecclesiastes 9.10? I can. Thank you. Whatsoever thy hand find it to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. Yeah. So, um, what, what we see from this verse is in the grave. Go ahead, Tina. Did you want to share something? Yeah, I just I just wanted to share um, something. A lot of times we lose sight of our vision and we get caught up in like the everyday life in the little circumstances 
and we don't really realize like we don't have our vision in our, in our minds and this question really helps you to know to know like what do i want to prioritize in my life how do i want to be and don't get caught up in the the little instances like don't get caught up in life right now like in the problems of life but like really remember who you want to be in christ instead of like um focusing so much on your current circumstances amen amen absolutely thank you so much for sharing and one reason why it's powerful like like imagine that you you were imagine that you like passed away and you're at a funeral and all the people who knew you best all the people you influenced all the people that were that loved you and supported you in life that they were right there in this room and it's like and you had the opportunity right now to write your obituary and it's like what would you want to be read what would you want to be said about your life this is powerful because um we see that god does something very similar in isaiah 46 verse 9 and 10 the bible says that god declares the end from the beginning and today you have the opportunity to declare your end your obituary from the beginning of your life today you can you can start if you begin with the end in mind and you're thinking about the obituary your life work and by the end of this life what would you want to be said about you? What would make your life most meaningful? What would make your life worth living? And if you see what would that look like, then you can start today make decisions in light of that vision that would help you to work backwards to what would it take to make that a reality? And that is what I call intention. This is intentional living. Jesus said in Luke 14, 28, that which of you intending to build a tower, it's being intentional in all areas of our life. This is why in the year 2020, my word of the year was intentional. I want to be intentional in all my life to work towards that end. And really, the year 2020 was the best year of my life. It was incredible. Now my word of the year is focus because I want to focus on what God would have me to focus on. And I went through this process. And it was very eye-opening for me, too, when I started to think, like, what would I want to be written in my obituary? Um, and I got it in front of me. Would you guys like to hear what, what I had written down for uh, to be said in my obituary? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I wasn't planning on sharing this, uh, and it's probably a little uh, vulnerable here, but uh, I'll, I'll share it with you. It's, um, and I wrote this in October 2019. Um, this time when I went through it, it was so it says Enoch was there for me when I was going through the hardest time in my life. I was aimless and without guidance, and he encouraged me to dedicate myself to the service of Christ. He encouraged me to step out of my comfort zone and achieve things I never thought possible. Every area of my life has been affected by God through his teachings. I had a greater understanding of the Bible and how to find direction from God because of the tools he equipped me with and helped me to understand. So that was brief. That's it. Um, when I look at the, the, end of, the end of my life, what I want, I want to be there for people when they're going through, again, one of the hardest times of their life. I want to be able to point them to Christ. 
I want to be able to incur the best decision I ever made in my life was to dedicate my life to Christ's service. And I want to encourage as many people as I can to do likewise. And I want to encourage people to step out of their comfort zone and by doing so, experience things that they thought were impossible. Um, and I, I'm not just focused on one area of life. This is why you hear me talk about this so much, because I want every area of your life to be more and more closer to God's perfect ideal of what he, what his plan is for your life in all these areas. And, uh, so yeah, that, that's what I wrote for my obituary. Um, what would you write for your obituary? What would that look like? If you lived a life worth living to you, um, what would people say about you? And this is why, um, like Shanicia, my mom and I, we recently had a conversation with her here. She was going through a trial, going through a hard time. She's trying to make sense of life. She's at this major transition. She's trying to know what to do. And I've prioritized time to be available to counsel with her and to advise her to help her get some clarity in life. And I know that, that these difficult times of perplexity is when major things happen. Um, and I know that someone did that for me when I was 17, just before I moved out of my mother's house and went into full-time ministry. It was the best decision I ever made in my life. And I want to be there. Like, no matter how much stuff is going down, no matter how busy I am, I want to be available to help people in situations like that. Kamran was going through a similar situation um, where he was in, in a transition period. He realized that God was going to, like, God is leading him in a different direction. He needs to get out of California. He's trying to see what is he going to do. And um, I prioritized time with Kamran. I prioritized being available to talk on the phone, inviting him to family worship through Discord or Zoom at the time, and and was with Kamran to... to uh, just be there during this time where he's really seeking what he's going to do and his calling and his purpose. And, and, uh, and I realized that someone did that for me and I'm extremely grateful for it. So, um, I want to, I want to do that for others. And it's my dream and desire that these videos that are being recorded could also be spoken to people at just the right time that people need to hear it the most recognizing that they're on the balances. Many people who watch these videos, they're literally hanging on the balances between eternity. Eternal decisions are about to be made. And one video that they watch could tip them over to make the good decision that could impact not just their lives, but all the lives that they influence through dedicating their life to Christ's service. And these are the types of videos that we're producing together and getting out to the world. Um, but it all, but it started with this life's definite aim. Like a lot of the stuff, like when you really think about it, a lot of the stuff that if you've been blessed through the army of youth, if you've had a part to play, if you've been encouraged or you've, you've like learned something that helps, like this is all a result. It's a fruit. And it's because of the seeds that were sown through this experience. Like I went through this life's definite aim. I went through the process I'm taking you through today. And had I not gone through this process and wrote down on pages, like I wrote them down and I have them accessible in front of me right now, I could pull them up within seconds uh, because of the way I take notes, that now um, you're experiencing today what was already decided over years ago in the Army of Youth. And in like I say this because 
think about your life. Who could you impact? Who could you influence as a result of you faithfully taking the time, the prayerful time to go through your life's definite aim, to get clarity on what God has called you to do and who to be and what to achieve and for Christ and his glory. The more clear you could be on your life's definite aim, the more you could have a target in life and start working towards that target. And the people, I know people will be blessed and benefited as a result of your focus and decision on going through this life's definite aim page. Like this has been life transforming. This is why we put it in the daily account book, because if you want to live your calling and you want to go through and you want to understand God's plan and his purposes for your life, then not only do we have the, the worksheet for you to identify your life calling, but then the whole rest of it, you have 90 days system to help you to actually know what to do on a daily basis, how to prioritize your focus in life so that it will actually help you to live your calling and to be who God has called you to be. So all these questions and more are found in this, this account book. And I realize that we're not going to be able to go through everything right now. Um, but if you want to, these are just the first seven questions in this Life's Definite Aim worksheet. And it continues and it gets better. Um, the next questions are some of my favorite and have led to some of the biggest decisions of my life. Uh, once I got clarity on them, and they've been some of the best decisions of my life. So I want to encourage anyone, if you want to grab a copy of the Live Your Calling Daily Account book, just go to the website thearmyofyouth.com forward slash account book and you could pick up uh, your copy you could grab your copy today and um, i want to say also that if this has been a blessing or a benefit to you at all then i encourage you to share the video with other people let them know that they too can find their life stuff in a name we are at the army of youth we are going to war with young people living aimless lives because an aimless life is a living death. We wanna help you to find your reason to live. Why are you here? What is God's plan for your life? And when you have clarity on the direction that God is leading you, direction is a powerful thing and you don't really know what you're missing until you find it. So uh, this is what we're here for. I encourage you to continue to join us for these trainings, these leadership uh, tables as you're gaining more understanding, more clarity on this path, as you're committing to the journey of discovering and direction from God, then um, I'm excited for what God's going to do through you and together. Um, and um, I just want to encourage everyone that leadership is the skill of influence, nothing more and nothing less. Every man, woman, and child has influence. But the question is, are you using your influence to lead others to Christ?